rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, my dear sisters. Welcome to Monday Musings, parenting podcast with Irata Ahmed. We are already at season two and episode three. And as promised, this season we will have special guest speaker to discuss one of the questions sent by you, uh, lovely ladies, inshallah. And the podcast is sponsored by Raising Young Scholars, and we have our lovely co-host, Iram Ben Safia of Parenting Uncomplicated, and guest speaker joining us today, all the way from USA, Um Khalid, mother of four, and um, Um Khalid, like I said, you know, I was going to get the, the yellow rose from your uh, Facebook page, and I read the story, so would you like to introduce yourself? These are bullet points that I could get from your page, but I have been following you for a number of years, mashallah. I love reading your reflections, your thoughts, and how you raise your children with the Quran, mashallah. So please introduce yourself to our audience. <laughs> for having me thank you so much um, i'm very excited to be here um, basically so i am yes i am a mother of four alhamdulillah i'm a homeschooling mom of four um, and i i homeschool my children as you mentioned uh trying to uh get them to uh do hifz al-quran memorization of quran and and uh other subjects all kind of connected to the quran and kind of my own homeschooling uh, um, program or homeschooling curriculum that I'm actually developing, uh, inshallah. So that's, that's uh, what, I, what, what I like to do. That's what I'm doing. And alhamdulillah, it happens to be what I'm interested in also, alhamdulillah. May Allah make it easy for all of us uh, raising Muslim children and strengthening our Muslim families. I mean, um, but basically, so you've got the picture there. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't put my yellow rose, which is going to be a lot more uncomplicated. So this one, it's just, it's, it's like a funny story. Basically, I was on, someone sent me a, um, a screenshot of, I think it was some random thread on, I don't know what forum. It wasn't Facebook, but it was some other thread. And someone sent me a screenshot of say, someone saying something like, Um Khalid is, uh, you know, this like, total anti-feminist person she hates like feminism and then they said this specific phrase she is a virulent anti-feminist fundamentalist and then I loved it it like cracked me up so much <laughs> I like made a Facebook post saying this is what someone called me today online I don't know who this person is it just it cracked me up and I said why thank you you know I take this as a compliment honestly so uh, so yeah, it just it was kind of a joke and then someone and then someone in the comment section said oh can we get that on a t-shirt please like I, I would buy that and then um someone sent me a message in my inbox facebook inbox with this oh you know someone in the comments said um it would be cool on a t-shirt so here you go so i just i posted that as just as a joke yeah mashallah and that's exactly how i wanted you to introduce yourself uh, mashallah to break the ice and uh, you know a bit of background funny story because it really ties in with today's question so the number of questions that we have received um, you know over the past few uh, weeks mashallah have been on how to beat stay at home mom depression or how to beat stay at home mom procrastination right subhanallah and um when you, I think a lot of Muslim moms, especially high achieving Muslim women, they, 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 at some point, you know, we struggle to strike the right balance between work and family. And uh, the, the 
the sister who sent this question particularly, you know, she's a, a chartered accountant and she's worked, you know, all her life and she had child number one, child number two, went back to work, child number three, she made the decision, you know, I'm going to stay at home, be full-time mom for my children because she thought that is, you know, she couldn't give her best as a full-time working mom. Um, she made that decision, but then she fell into depression. So um, how, what, what do you think, you know, how can high achieving uh, Muslim women who are used to work outside um, outside home or, you know, like yourself, mashallah, you are a Harvard graduate, right? But then you chose to stay at home with your children and, you know, you you, you got yourself involved with other projects. So how, how can Muslim women who choose to stay at home at some point, how can they beat this depression? How can they overcome it? Um, well, basically, my thought on this is I completely sympathize, first of all. I really sympathize with these moms because, as you said, I've kind of been there myself. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, it was so easy. I went to Harvard and then I graduated and I worked very briefly for like a, a two-year period and I was only part-time at a, as a Muslim chaplain at a women's university. It was a women-only women uh, college and it was really nice. I had fun. I didn't have any kids, so it was just having fun. It was, it was awesome. Alhamdulillah. But then... I uh, was pregnant with my first child. And then as soon as, you know, the time neared for me having the baby and everything, and I was like, okay, this is getting real. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to stay home, inshallah, to raise this baby full time. So I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, it was so fun. And it was so easy. It was like a, an instant uh, transition where I just immediately uh, became okay with it and normalized and I became acclimated. No, it was a transition period where I really had to rid my, myself, rid, rid my mind of certain um, outlooks and just a certain mentality that I had had. And I was slowly kind of chipping away at it over time. But the biggest transition was like just staying home and not being in college and not being at a job, like an outside job, right? Working as a functional member of society who's fulfilling her potential, right? These are all the catchphrases that we hear that are kind of hurled at Muslim women or any woman who wants to stay home, right? And either be a housewife or be a full-time mother, right? Because um, so, women also choose to stay home sometimes without even being mothers. They, they choose to stay home because they are married and they want to just dedicate themselves to that endeavor, right? Domestic work and that domestic life and raising uh, or uh, starting a family, right? Even before children. And then sometimes they, the women will choose that choice or make that uh, decision after becoming mothers. As you said, with the mother that sent you the question, it was on child number three. She came to that decision, right? She made that choice. So we all make that choice at different, uh, different parts or different points in our life if we want to. But subhanAllah, it's, it's for us generally as Muslim women living today in the time that we live in, of feminism, of female empowerment, right? All of these catchphrases. These are, we have a certain um, like a syndrome. It's almost like a, a syndrome. It's like a, it's this like anxiety syndrome of anxiety to stay home syndrome. I don't know what you want to call it. We can probably come up with a better, fancier name for it than that. But it really, that's what it boils down to. We are anxious and we become depressed uh, because we are all of a sudden, we feel uh, cut off from the real world because home is not the real world. Home is like we're, we're now relegated to the ghettos of the home. It's, it's subhanAllah. And I'm saying this, describing myself. I'm not even, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else, but I think it is a common problem. And we all have to face our fears kind of head on and really like look at ourselves internally and just interrogate 
why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Like really break that down, interrogate it fully and don't just take it for granted. Well, yeah, I'm staying home. Yeah, my life is over. This is, this is what my life has become. This is what I've been reduced to. I'm just a stay at home mom. I'm just a housewife. Look at me. This is what's become of me. Like, and we can, you know, especially as you said, these were as high achieving women or uh, overachievers. I have been, I have been called an overachiever um, by, you know, jokingly by family or people who know me because yes, I, we've been trained from a young age, if you were raised in the West, but even if you were raised really anywhere, even in a Muslim country, um, because we want to be feminist, we want to be liberated, we don't want to look like we're oppressed, God forbid we look oppressed, right, to the West. So we've been trained, even from a young age, by well-meaning parents and well-intentioned parents, we've been trained to, okay, you got to achieve your potential, you got to get your education and get higher education, and then you can get a job that you can be proud of, and you can contribute to society, because this is perceived as the only way to contribute to society, which is go and be a, an employee of some big corporate employer who will give you a paycheck every two weeks. This is how we contribute to society. So what I would say is you have to interrogate all of these claims. We don't just submit blindly to these claims and just accept them as default and just say, oh yeah, this is, these are facts. They're not facts. They are not givens, although they are the mainstream understanding of things. But you have to, as a Muslim woman who is intelligent and strategic, you, what you have to do is actually just break down these claims that you hear that have been told to you all your life and say, okay, what is my potential? I want to reach my potential, right? What, what does that look like? my potential as a wage earning, like a wage slave, as they call it, right? Is that my potential? Like, what will bring me true happiness? So I would say just ask yourself certain questions. And these are the biggest ones. The main question that I think you're going to find yourself going to when you finally get to the heart of the matter is what will make me the most happy? What will make me the most fulfilled? Truly, truly internally, like in a real true way, not in a superficial way of, oh, I'm gonna be empowering myself when I slay the patriarchy, when I smash the glass ceilings, when I break all the stereotypes as a break dancing, hip hop, uh, CEO Naqabi, right? Like for real, what is gonna make you the most happy, really? at the end of every day when you are, you know, in bed, laying in bed at night before you fall asleep, what will make you think, oh, alhamdulillah, like I'm very truly happy. And for most of us, that really means family. That means being with a strong, stable family, being, um, you know, protected and maintained and provided for by a strong, loving, righteous husband who is has taqwa of Allah and who treats you uh, well and who is a good provider, good maintainer, good husband in general, as we understand in Islam. And it also means generally for the average woman, it also means having children that love you and whom you love, who you're taking care of and that kind of stable familial love. This is what brings most, uh, most of us true, real, lasting happiness in this dunya. And of course, over and above that, what we have is of course the love of Allah, you know, uh, seeking the rida of Allah, this is what we really are in the end truly seeking, whether one is a mother or not. But, but speaking specifically in the dunya, we sense as a mother, as a wife, you know, what will bring you happiness is maintaining those relationships and fulfilling your role, your true role as a mother and as a wife and a nurturer, caretaker. It's not, we have to kind of deprogram our minds from this uh, fixation that we have. And it's not a natural, inherent, kind of internally driven fixation, but it's actually an externally imposed fixation with being a, a earning woman who earns, you know, her, her own money and is independent and, and um, you know, all of these these ideas, honestly, that are just like totally like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use a mean word, but they're not, they're nonsense. These aren't, yeah, these are things yeah, that are, yeah. right? 
I remember my, my mom is also a pediatrician, but she was also raised, you know, uh, during Soviet Union time. So like when Soviets invaded Central Asia, basically they, they went, you know, fully like, oh, women should uncover themselves, you know, like we want to liberate women, we want to, you know, empower women. So she, she was like raised during that time and she went on to be a pediatrician. But what, re what I really remember is when she, when she retired, she fell into depression. She really suffered from depression for, I think, a couple of years. And I think women, I also read that, you know, according to studies, women are more prone to suffer from uh, self-worth and self-esteem because from a young age, from a young age, especially for, because I now live in the uh, Middle East, you know, having lived in the UK and here it's fine, you know, women are home and they just get on with it you know they don't complain but most of us who've been raised in in, in the west you know it's been ingrained in us that your self-worth comes from um achieving you know high grades at school then uh, having earned university degree and your, you you know your masters and uh, contributing financially to the family right even though like islamically we know like it's it's a man's job basically right to provide a everything for the family we know that but we still seek our self-worth from that because it has been so like ingrained in us and I think for most women who give up their career at some point they find it really difficult to navigate their way in at home right okay I'm now home full-time okay what do I do right cook clean kids it is very tough moment you know for somebody who's worked as an accountant let's say like for eight ten years right and then you've got three kids so you choose uh, you know like full-time family over work and what do you do you know you like the whole routine got disrupted and how do you how do you ensure that that transition is smooth you know uh, Irman what do you think for women who choose to give up their careers to be a stay-at-home mom what how should they prepare? You know, what are their homework so they don't fall into, you know, uh, depression? Well, um, I'm Carla, then you actually have summarized it so well. I was not a career woman before I became a mother. So I, I do not have that phase of falling into depression uh, after I left work, but I have that phase of being depressed continually for, for all my birthing years thinking, what am I doing with my life? Um, I come from a perspective where I was raised in the East uh, in a Muslim family by a single parent who was, who was a professional and she worked for 32 years before she got retired. But she did not raise me in a, in, a, in a sense where she said, you have to earn. So I give this credit to my mother that although she was earning, she did not raise me with this idea that your worth is in your earning. She definitely emphasized get education, get good education, you need good education, but she never said that being a mother is a bad thing. In fact, actually, when she came to live with us after she retired and she saw what sort of a depressed parent I am, she was like, Ira, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you happy with the job that you have? Alhamdulillah, you have a husband who provides for you well. You have a husband who loves you, who nurtures you, who cares for the children. What is 
wrong with this idea of being a, a stay-at-home mom? And again, what both of you have emphasized, what was wrong was what the society had ingrained in us. Even the Eastern society, even the Western society, they tell us that your worth is in the money that you will earn, but that what you bring at the table, regardless the husband is asking for it or the husband is not asking for it. Some of us, unfortunately, are pushed into a situation where we have to earn. There's no other way. Some of us do it uh, out of our own choice for our own, uh, like you said, sense of self-worth. Uh, I like I like this. I, I put a hashtag when she said this. Uh, um Khalid said this uh, to become slave. So I said we are ingrained by slaved to be a slave. The idea is we are slaved in the idea to become a slave to the corporate world, to the money world, to you know the the two week paycheck. And then Subhanallah, we have all these altruistic ideas that we want to do something for the Ummah. We want to do something for. The, when I want to do something for the Ummah, and that's when I realized when my mother asked me, and she's said, stop, understand what, what your place is, what your position is, look what you have in your life, compare it with what I did not have in my life. And, and if you want to do something for the Ummah, raise them, raise them with Quran and Sunnah. Why is it so shameful to raise a generation with Quran and Sunnah? Why don't you understand what position Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed you in? So my potential to do something outside of the home changed, redirected into my potential into doing something inside the home. And I did that for a couple of years and then I became an entrepreneur. This, this, I admit this uh, with utmost humility that uh, women, Muslim women, there are two categories. Either we are overachievers and high achievers or we have no idea what, what we are capable of. We have no idea what we're capable of. And we, and we basically waste our lives thinking, oh, this is what, our mothers did and this is what we're going to do and what's the point i have seen so many women saying what's the point what's the point in learning something what's the point in understanding a skill what's the point in you know even trying a venture what's the point i have my my worth is nothing i'm just like a slave to to this domestic life subhanallah so yeah uh, how, how to beat that depression i really don't have an answer unless until like what the both of you have actually emphasized what my mother emphasized understand who you are and i did not understand who i am what my worth is until unless i got connected to the quran and to the sunnah that's the only way for me that's the only way yes subhanallah and, and the funny thing is you know i speak a lot of working full-time working muslim women who are also depressed and they look at these stay-at-home moms they're like oh you know i wish i had the choice of staying at home yeah. full-time with my children right and then we have these full, uh, full-time stay-at-home moms like oh you know i had to give up my career you know i went to university i did my master's you know i i i achieved something and I had a successful career then I had to give it all up so they have this you know bitter like they just turned so bitter and full of resentment so um which is also you know like mental instability right so um I'm sure there are some women who are listening to this podcast you know today maybe at the crossroads right trying to make that decision right subhanallah and i know some women who don't have choice but the women who 
have that choice, then maybe they are struggling, you know, maybe they, they can't make the decision because they think that their life will be wasted away or, you know, they think that they, 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 they will, their life will not be worth anything. So what, what would you say to that, um, Khalid? You know, as a high achiever, as a Harvard graduate who chose to stay at home mom, how would, how did you keep yourself busy outside cooking, cleaning and kids? Right. Well, I want to say first, as uh, Sister Iram said so astutely, you have to understand who you are and what your position is. And I think, and I think you're absolutely right, Iram. With um, a lot of us, uh, we either we have these two ends of the spectrum. We either think um, I'm such a high achiever, I'm just I'm basically in jail. I'm at home, like this is my jail. I'm in a jail cell right now. I'm cooped up, and my potential is like totally being like in a little box, and it's just like in a corner doing nothing. I'm wasting it. Or the other side is also we have sisters, some of us who are um, totally lost and confused as to like, what do I even have to offer? What, what, what do I even bring to the table? Like, what can I do? I'm like worth issues, like, right, all of these self-worth issues. So I would say we all have a, a role to play. We all have it. If you went to Harvard, if you didn't go to college, if you never finished high school, if you went to if you have two PhDs, I don't care where you what you have done or what you have not done or what you think you should have done but didn't, whatever, right? We all have insecurities and we all have anxieties and fears and worries about what we didn't do or what we should have done and all of the deficits that we think we have, right? That doesn't matter. Put that to the side. You are a believing Muslim woman. Alhamdulillah, Allah says, right? This is generally for Bani Adam. We have dignified and raised and elevated the station of Bani Adam. As just a human being, you are a human being with karama, with dignity from Allah, bestowed upon you by your maker. And then you are a believer, you are a Muslim, right? This is a huge ni'mah from Allah and you have a lot of things to bring to the table. So don't be um, complacent and don't be, you know, apathetic or bored and just, uh, I'm just, like you said, you know, people who are just like, well, whatever, like I have three kids, I'm going to cook and clean, feed them and just shut them up. And that's all my life is because yeah, you will feel like you're in a jail cell and what's the point of anything. Right. And then on the other side, you also think, oh, my, my potential is being wasted. What a waste, what a waste of my degrees, what a waste of my time and my efforts and investment, right. You invested so heavily in that education career thing. And now you're not, it's not panning out. So of course you're going to fall into depression. So I would say, Put your focus solely on Allah. And I know this is hard because when you think of the akhirah, the dunya is more immediate, right? The dunya is more here and now. Like I need to cook today or I have kids to take care of right now. Or I need to make this decision of going to work or staying home. This is all here and now. So it's, sometimes it's hard for us to disconnect our minds from the rat race of just the here and now today and, and link our minds to this higher thing of like, okay, let me think about the akhirah. Let me think about my true purpose and my true, uh, why Allah created me, you know? Right? I have not created uh, the human beings, humanity, or the jinn, except to worship me. This is your actual purpose, your real, real purpose, for real, you know? Like, this is what you were really put on earth to do with the karama that Allah has given you. So I, what I'm encouraging my sisters to do and what I had to do, and still, you know, because shaitan is always trying to work on us right so my uh my tip would be superficial level think in a deep way about what your actual purpose is and try to uh disconnect as much as you can from the here and now 
into the akhirah and think, okay, in the akhirah, what would I have wanted to do in this dunya? Because Allah has given each of us limited time. We don't have infinite time to just do whatever we want. And women, you know, subhanAllah, most of us understand that our worth is in, in like the family that we create and the family that we raise and those ties of kinship and all of that, that love that we feel because women are emotional creatures. And that's not a slur. It's not an insult to women. Right? offended if you point that out that is true you know anyway so this is what you know will make us happy so i think most of us understand that but we think we can have everything right i can have a job a full-time job and a career and do all of these things outside the home and then i can also have this love and this family stuff that i really want so the truth is you can do both but not at the same time so pick how you want to order things like prioritize correctly right figure out when your children are small when your children are young should I be there? Should I be there for my children when they need me the most or not? Could I possibly work later? Could I possibly delay working and, you know, maybe starting my own business? Could I do that later? So don't, you know, like I want us to get away from that black and white thinking um, from, you know, either I'm going to be do this and never, ever work ever a day in my life. No, you can be, you can do both basically, but not at the same time. I think this is what feminism tries to push. This is the agenda that they have of, oh, girl, you can do whatever you want, honey. You got this. You're fierce. You're like an independent woman. No, no, that is nonsense, right? It's not going to work. You're going to be miserable. You will have depression. You will have anxiety. You will have OCD. You might have uh, insomnia. You might, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to do everything at the same time. And you'll feel pulled in all these different directions. Your children need you. They're small. You have a baby who's nursing. You're not sleeping at night. And you go to work every day, nine to five, you, you'll lose your mind, you know, and we, we have to be gentle with ourselves. We have to do, we have to be realistic in our, what we set out to do. So I think I'm getting uh, very, <laughs> I'm going all over the place. I'm so sorry. But no, 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 it's fine. Absolutely. So like, we have to be more intentional mothers, basically, right? Be more yes. intentional in, and in, in goals, like make goals for yourself based on what your priorities and your values and your principles yeah. are. So what I would recommend is stay home when your children need you to be home, be home for them, show up for them fully. So you're not, don't make your children compete for your attention, your affection, your love, your time, right? I think we have to, we have to change the meaning we attach to stay at home mom, right? Just because you chose to stay at home for your children doesn't mean you are wasting your life you know it doesn't mean you you know your self-worth is you know low or it doesn't mean you you know people stop respecting you but I think sometimes they they the women they they are judged by their own family members as well because I know I know it happened to me right like I work now but uh, there, there was a time that my, my kids were small I, I decided to stay at home and my father would be like oh my god you know you're wasting away your degree and sometimes we face judgment from our you know uh, immediate family members and it really I think it makes the situation worse but like you said as long as we are grounded you know, as long as we are set in our intention, we are grounded, firm in our decision, then I think nothing can, can like pull us away, right? It's it's when we when we are when we can't face our own insecurities, that's when we suffer. You know, we can't stand up to the judgment from the outside world because we have that internal right. You know, shall I? Shall I not? What do I do? You know, we have we still have that in, internal battle going on. I think once we face our insecurities and we make that decision intentionally, and we are grounded, I think then 
it's okay, right? Like, like you said, once one one thing at a time, you can choose to work later. It, you know, just because you're not working now doesn't mean the end of your career. Maybe you can, right? Subhanallah, you can do your own business from home or you can uh, find a part-time job, you know. These things are possible, but we don't see the possibility later. We only see what is here now, right? Subhanallah. It's, how, how about how to be stay-at-home mom procrastination. I know procrastination is also related closely to, um, you know, um, like not being able to deal with uh, feelings, right, in a, in a proper way, because I know that it's, it's not time management issue. Procrastination is emotion management issue, right, subhanAllah. How, how, can, how can they beat stay-at-home mom procrastination? What are the solutions? Um, well, yeah, I think... I Go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I was, I was just going to say this, that uh, procrastination for me, for, for all the number of years that I stayed at home, right? Because I started my career after becoming a full-time home mom and after starting homeschooling. And so all, if, if I take um, a lesson from what I had learned was, and it's easy to say, but it's very difficult to do. Love what you're doing in the moment like you both have already pointed out. You have to understand that you are of birth, of value. You are adding something. When, when the clothes sizes are changing and the children are healthy on the scale and they are passing all their developmental marks and they're reading the Quran and they're learning and they're reciting and, they're, and you're teaching them to become good mu'minin, then the, there's no procrastination in that. Every day, it seems as if you wake up, you sleep, you cook, you clean, you, you go back to sleep. You're changing diapers or you're burping them or you're teething. But this is work. SubhanAllah, who else from outside of the home is going to come and do that? The emotional procrastination is when we are waiting for something else to happen and not living in that moment. And as a woman, I would say this firsthand. I feel remorse and regret now that I was not living in the moment thinking that there's something better going to come. Whatever came, whatever, whatever the time was, live in that moment because what I have may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everybody with with goodness and khair and afia we don't know the goodness that we have unless until it has passed or it has been taken away from us so my my wholehearted dua and my wholehearted advice to any person listening is we have loved our mothers whether they were career women whether they were women staying at home and I understand this that when a mom when a mother is not happy in her marriage she tells her children these and she gives the sublime messages. Do something for yourself. You need to be very strong. You need to have something for yourself. These are common messages, Western society, Eastern society. Why? Because a woman does not want to see her daughter suppressed, right? But the emotional procrastination with this idea, am I being suppressed? And with the first part that we just did, um, we, have to, we have to understand that Living in the moment is the only answer to live happily. Whether that moment is a good moment, especially if it's a good moment, but if those moments are painful, somebody will ask, okay, so what if those moments are painful? What if my children are not born healthy? What if I have to understand this fact that one day I'll die and there will be nobody to take care of my child because my child has certain um, issues? How can I live happy in that moment? And I don't have an answer for that. I really don't have an answer for that. But for mom procrastination, again, I will come back to this point. Live in the moment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers du'as. Learn to make the du'a that 
brings um, peace to the heart. I'm calling. Yeah, subhanAllah. That was well said. That was really uh, very helpful. Jazakallah khair. And um, I, I think I would just, when I think of procrastination, I think it's, we have to distinguish that from something else, which is laziness. So procrastination is actually not laziness in most cases. Um, laziness just kind of implies doing nothing, like being passive and inactive. And I think procrastination is actually not. When you procrastinate, you often are actually doing things. It's just not the things that you need to be doing right now, right, in this moment. So it's a confusion of priorities. Because as I said earlier, I think, and we all kind of touched on, is this idea of know your role and understand it, and then know your priorities, right? Prioritize things in your life according to their actual priorities. And as we said, the first priority of any Muslim is ibadah, right? Uh, the ibadah of Allah, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why we were created. So your first priority should be I'm a slave of Allah and my first duty is to worship Allah in the best way as much as I can in this dunya in the limited time that I have and then you have to now you kind of bring that kind of back down to earth and in the uh, the hustle and bustle of the daily stuff that you do we have to figure out okay well what how do I prioritize things right and I think this is the bigger question for as we said for most women is should I prioritize career and education or should I prioritize family life and domestic sphere right so that's the first distinction that you have to decide no one can make that decision for you and as we said sometimes you have to make a certain decision because you're forced to, because you financially need to, et cetera. And sometimes you have that option. You can say, oh, I can, uh, I can do either. And I just have to pick one, whatever I feel like doing. So that's the first uh, priority that kind of you have to play around with and decide. Then when you're home, say now you're, you've made the decision, I'm home now and I'm trying to beat the stay at home mom procrastination that's kind of taken over, right? So my first tip would be, again, look at your priorities and look at your values. What is the most important thing every day? So it's not laziness. It's not that you're just sitting around doing nothing. It's just you're doing things that you're letting the big important stuff slide and it's just like piling up and you're just not getting to it. So I would say sometimes that has to do with an emotional block, like either uh, trauma, like some unaddressed issue that is actually underlying uh, it's a mental or a psychological or emotional or even maybe spiritual problem that is underlying your actions because actions are only outward they're outward external manifestations of your inward state your internal state right that's how i look at it so if you have something internal holding you back and sabotaging your like activity then your outward activity external on the limbs will kind of manifest in the form of like oh this is procrastination but it's really this underlying thing so i would say first figure out why you are procrastinating that's the first thing like well actually before that you need to uh recognize the problem that's always the first step of anything right recognize the problem that it exists yes i am procrastinating and i can see that i'm doing that like this is a problem that i'm having so that's the first step recognize it the second thing is address or, or uh, try to sort out in your mind why you're procrastinating why am i being held back do i just think these tasks are boring do i not see the value in doing dishes or uh, watching my children uh you know play or homeschooling my children whatever it is that you're doing cooking right so ask yourself why am i procrastinating am i bored am i restless am i anxious am i anything right and then the, and sometimes as we said it actually has to do with trauma or underlying things as you said from childhood the messaging that we've just been receiving um if was our mother just miserable in her marriage was she miserable at work whatever what did i what what input kind of have i been receiving that is now inside me and i have to sort it out then the third thing after that, I would say address the underlying, those underlying conditions. 
if you have, and sometimes I will kind of, uh, I want to make this note just in case people need it. Sometimes procrastination, um, from what I understand, it's linked to things like ADHD or uh, OCD or depression or anxiety, like an actual anxiety disorder. So sometimes it actually has to do with that and you want, you want to address those problems if they exist. And if not, if you just have these kind of conflictions, like you're conflicted because you're, you have these confusions about what your, what your worth is and where you really belong and what you really, really should be doing and et cetera. So you want to address those problems in your mind. Mentally clear that clutter, clear that clutter. And I'm not saying clear it by just ignoring it and saying, oh, I'm not a feminist. Oh, just, okay, problem solved, you know? No, you have to really convince yourself and really, you know, use a hujja for yourself. Use a real convincing argument and argue with yourself or if it helps to argue with someone else or, you know, like listen to even things like this, like a podcast or a conversation, anything with, you know, trying to break down this issue and tease out all the different themes, right? So you understand things are clear in your mind. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And what are the mental blocks that are holding me back from doing it and doing it well without procrastinating, right? So all of those issues do, do really need to be addressed so that you're convinced that you are in the right place at the right time and you're doing what you need to be doing. Right. And as you said, like living in that moment, you can't live in the moment if you're actually thinking that I don't belong here or what am I doing here? What what is my life about? Right. So all of that really needs to be sorted out. And then finally, last but not least, I think if you want practical tips, if you've gone through all that and you've addressed your issues, you've worked on that kind of mental baggage and we all have it. For practical tips, what I would suggest is my two favorite things. <laughs> I am, anyone who knows me knows like, I am a like obsessive list maker. I make so many lists for everything because otherwise I just lose track of things and I forget because I have four kids. Yes, we, we all do it. I have four kids and just I'm homeschooling and I like, you know, I'm just so busy. So I sometimes will just forget, oh my God, I haven't done laundry. Like, oh, oh my God, I told this girl I would meet up with her. And it's like, I just totally forgot about three o'clock. I'm supposed to have this meeting. So I write everything down, everything. So I don't have to carry it up here. So I would say first tip is just make to-do lists for yourself. If you need to make it daily, make a daily to-do list. This is what I need to do today. Cook dinner, go to the park, return the books to the library, uh, whatever, right? All these things. Uh, if you want to do it weekly, you can do it weekly. I do both. <laughs> and then uh, the second tip I would say in terms of practical advice, um, I would say make a schedule or something for the day. If you schedule scare you, some of us schedules are just too restricting and they make us like, oh my God, I'm suffocated by this horrible schedule. It's hanging over my head. If you feel that way, no problem. Make a routine, which is like a softer version of a schedule. You don't have to put 10 o'clock. I'm going to do this at 11 o'clock, but just say, okay, generally in the morning, this, it, this is what I would like to happen. Then in the afternoons, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And actually I have such a routine slash schedule. I don't have times on it. I used to do that. I used to be like, oh, 7 a.m kids wake up 8am do this I, I used to do that that it, it stressed me out so then now what I do is actually I have it by the times of salah because I read this book about uh, the prophet and his salah and how he was like very obviously particular about times of salah and I wanted to be better about that so I said okay fridge so I literally have a schedule in my kitchen up where I can see it and it's like fajr this is what I would like to do between fajr and dhuhr this is what I would like to do between dhuhr and asr between asr and maghrib and the end between maghrib and isha and it's, so I don't, I don't stress myself out by thinking, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock and we haven't started homeschool. I'm so behind already. The day is shot already. I'm already losing, you know? You don't want to stress yourself out like that. So make a routine if that helps you. And as Muslims, our routines and our days dictated by our times of salah. This is practical and this is, you know, and this is what I mean when you're grounded in the akhirah and you're thinking long-term, what do I want? Like in the akhirah, right? This is like, so yeah, try to merge the dunya 
dunyawi concerns, but frame it, couch it in terms of also what is what is my real purpose? How do I worship Allah, etc. Et so make a schedule with the salah times. That's just like one small little tip that you might want to try. And uh, it can hopefully spin off from there and think of other ways to increase the barakah in your time. And I will say when you think of like this times before, uh, the times between the salah as times where you're going to fill up with the tasks that you need to get done throughout the day. Also use times of barakah. We already know after Salat al-Fajr, that is already a time of barakah, right? So put that time to good use. Don't waste it by maybe like sleeping in unless you need to. I totally get it. Like I had babies. When you have an infant and you're in that stage, you sometimes need to sleep in because you don't have a choice because you didn't sleep all night. So I get that. But if you have an option, if that's open to you, you know, use that time after Fajr. This is really like that will help with procrastination. You've used, you've done a good chunk of work already in that first part of the day and the barakah is there from Allah. So use things like that, you know. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Yes, yes, absolutely. I really see my, like um, my younger version, you know, in you, subhanAllah. Even when I read your, uh, when I read your writings, I'm like, oh my God, she's so much like me, you know. I, I think that I is had, a compliment. <laughs> I had really regimental army style schedule when, when my older children were younger and we used to do everything by the clock, subhanAllah, you know. And as more and more children, I have six, alhamdulillah. So more and more kids means like your standards kind of drop and you learn to be more flexible along right. the way and uh, you know, sometimes I, I want women to understand that sometimes is surviving is all we can do, right? SubhanAllah. Sometimes I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had postnatal depression after my fourth child. And for the whole year, you know, I was trying to pick up myself, pick up myself. And, uh, you know, people say like, oh, maybe like, you know, you're having low Iman, read Quran and do this is the year I was doing you know, reading Quran, you know, make sure I pray on time. And I even went to Hajj that year. So sometimes you can do things and you still suffer from that, whatever it is, I don't know, hormonal imbalance. And I never believed in depression before that. You know, I, I was like, ah, there's no such thing as depression in Islam. Like we've got Quran, we pray Salah, you know, and uh, we do Raqiyah. But subhanAllah, it can happen, you know, and it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes you are in that, survival mode and surviving is all you can do so be gentle with yourself be compassionate with yourself be kind with yourself and another thing I say is I, I am a recovering perfectionist so for example I know some women you know they, they come to me and they say like oh you know I've like I, I, I've been saying for ages that I want to start with re reading Quran daily or you know I've, I've been wanting to homeschool my kids you know that we do nothing and I just leave them to their own you know devices and um, they suffer from two things basically sometimes lack of motivation sometimes it's lack of energy because we as women neglect ourselves we put ourselves lust so we don't take care of ourselves physically spiritually emotionally so then we can't run with an empty tank right so you you procrastinate because you you are not putting yourself first you're not filling up your own tank and sometimes we we just wait for the perfect moment like i give the example of quran this is what I used to do, right? When I have that perfect moment to finish my 10 pages, like one juice a day, I will sit down and read Quran. This is in my head, right? So throughout the day, I'm just constantly looking for like, oh, I can't do it now because I'm not going to have time to do 10 pages. Can't do it now. I, I, I'm not going to have time to do one. You know, like you, you have got this perfect outcome in your head, you know, and then you, you don't want to give up on that. 
now what I say is, Irata, if, it, if it's two lines, two lines, you know, just go make with you, pick up the mishap, sit down and read. And once you start it, it's okay. You know, if you can do half a page, it's fine. If you can do one page, it's fine. So give up being perfectionist. We have this perfect outcome in our head, even with regards to homeschooling, right? When my toddler and baby are asleep, then I have this, you know, peaceful living room with my four elder children. That's when I sit down and do get, get on with our homeschooling. No, if it's in the bedroom while breastfeeding the baby, it's fine. You know, I just say like, okay, bring your workbooks, right? Sit down and let's get work done. Or sometimes while cooking, you know, just bring everything and, you know, at the uh, dinner table in the kitchen when I'm cooking as long as we get something done it's fine it doesn't have to be the perfect it doesn't have to be how I planned it and like yourself I, I write down everything I think that's another thing that women don't do we don't write things you know everything we keep in here and then everything is like mixed up you know we're like oh I, everything is on my head everything is on my shoulder I don't know what to do right because the on a daily basis, we have to make, I don't know how many decisions, you know, you have to decide what outfit for this baby and what outfit for that toddler and what to feed this one and you potty training the other one and you weaning that one. SubhanAllah, you make so many decisions on a daily basis, just write things down, you know, it, it really helps, SubhanAllah. But my, I think my two, two advice would be give up being perfectionist. You know, don't wait for the perfect time, perfect hour to get your perfect outcome. Just start with something, you know, take baby steps. And secondly, fill up your own cup, you know, whatever it is, physically, spiritually, emotionally. If it's just talking to your mom on the phone, to talk to your mom on the phone. And we, that this actually give us, you know, we, we suffer, especially stay-at-home moms suffer from lack of motivation because they don't, you know, they're not going out, right? Listen to podcasts, you know, read a couple of pages from a book. These things actually give you motivation, right? Talk to, talk to your friends or talk to your mom. So you exchange ideas. So you get motivation. Every time I talk to someone, I get like, oh, that's a really good idea, actually. Like, you know, I never thought about it. Sometimes the, you know people give you ideas and it's like oh I'm gonna start doing that right subhanallah they just give that little nudge so um yeah fill your own cup I think and give it give up being perfectionist inshallah final thoughts from you ladies how to overcome stay-at-home mom depression and procrastination what are your final words I would I would like to go uh, and with, with the thought before it escapes me because mashallah, when I listen to you, I'm like, oh my God, these are such valid points. Mashallah, um, one, just one more thing that I would like to add is um, have a good company. Uh, try to have a good company and understand what good company is. I have heard women who are who have dedicated their lives to their children and husbands, and then they have these high achiever friends who are telling them, do you remember how good you were in college and university? What are you doing with your life? I, I, I told that I told that person straight up, she's not a good company for you. She must have been a very good friend to you. But at this point, she's not serving your purpose in life. So you need to retract from that relationship. You need to, like you both said, listen to good podcasts. podcasts. The thing is, people want to... Uh, talk a lot to other people who will resonate with them and who will listen to them. One of the things that um, Sister Iroda has said that many times, Okhalid, you have said that in, in your po posts, I say this too in, in my coaching, I say that, listen, no matter how much you talk to people, at the end of the day, your heart is still going to be heavy. 
it's never going to get satisfied because people are going to put random ideas in your head which you were not even thinking about and you're just going to add to your tension so even if they're coming with good intentions so understand where you are in life unless until i understand where i am in life what my priorities are what is serving my purpose my deen my dunya and then have that kind of a company we need to keep recycling the people that we have around us and we need to keep making dua for the people who inshallah will help us push to become better versions of ourselves so that we don't get stuck in a rut we have parents who will motivate us to do something totally that is not going to serve our family life and they're pushing us to do why did you not do this why did you not do that how come you forgot this how, how did i raise you to be like this you know that's not serving our purpose but we are not going to be disrespectful to our relation to our elders we're just going to quietly just go in the other direction just be quiet just not bring up those topics those conversations if this is for those people who have parents and brothers and sisters who are constantly bombarding on them but if we choose to be a com- in, in in a company i would highly recommend choose wisely choose wisely and make dua for that as well Those are beautiful words, mashallah. Allah may Allah reward you guys both. I'm actually learning a lot just talking with you guys and listening to you guys. May Allah reward you. Uh, I guess what, yeah, what I would say, uh, kind of to wrap up, inshallah, my final like recommendation for myself and all other sisters, inshallah, is to see your own worth. As we've kind of been saying, this is a theme I'm noticing today. But um, see your own worth. But I mean that in a very practical way. What I mean is, if you are depressed, if you do feel anxious and sad. that you're home and not outside working for an outside employer who's giving you that uh, twice a month paycheck if you think now my life is over my life doesn't mean anything now i don't get that paycheck i don't i don't have that employer uh, employer that who, whose employee i am and this is my role this that was the plan and now i'm here home with these kids i'm i'm stuck at home right if you are having these thoughts i would say just ask yourself a simple question of i'm the, I, it's I, it's still me i'm still the same person right that because i had these two roads you know the two roads kind of uh, diverged right and you're picking either this path or that path so just think i am i'm talking about me the whole time so would i have had really that much worth when i went if i taken this path of going and having a boss and someone to tell me what to do at work and then give me money for it like is that like just question that a little bit and say then if i turn around and say no 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 i'm going to pick this path suddenly your worth has dropped it's still the same person so just tell yourself i'm going to take all of that potential all of that right that potential that we're always worried about i'm going to take all of that worth and that uh like all of the things i was going to bring to the table to my boss at work outside i'm going to turn around and just bring that to my own children and my husband and my family at home it's still me i have all the assets i was always going to bring to an outside employer i'm just going to bring it instead of to the ceo of that whatever company that i have no connection with i'm going to bring it to my own blood relations right do you know what i mean so i would say think of it in that pragmatic way don't just think oh my god my only worth was going to be in how much money i make and the job title i was going to have at work now i don't have a job title my job title is loser mom loser stay at home mom that doesn't do anything right no just think it's still me like all of the things that efficiency i was going to bring that intelligence i was going to bring that uh you know strategic thinking that i was going to bring that resourcefulness i was going to bring to my employer i'll bring it to my own kids who are actually mine who are my family who love me this employer doesn't love me they don't know anything about me it was all going to be professional right and that's touted as the, this thing that's like glorified right no i don't need to be a professional i am a if you want to really be a professional i'm going to put it in those terms i'm a professional stay at home full time mother right like if you need to tell yourself 
that, that's fine. But do you know what I mean, right? Measure it in, like in that same way. Like, it's not like I suddenly have no assets. I suddenly have no abilities and no talents because I'm staying home. No, you have all the talents and the assets that you are going to have and bring to the table in this route. But you just took this route, you know? So just take all of those things and put them to good use with your own children. There's nothing more beautiful than that. That intelligence that you are going to use in the workplace, use it to raise very, very intelligent kids. Use it to raise God-fearing kids who have taqwa. Teach them Islam in the best, most in intelligent way, right? Where they love the deen and they're not uh, suppressed or they're not forced and they're not, you know, you're not overly permissive, you're not overly strict, you're, you're intelligent about it and strategic, right? Use all of that wisdom that you are going to bring, use it at home and that will give you the best results and this is in fact true contributing to society because you're raising human beings whole holistic uh like sound human beings with inshallah inshallah sound hearts right right qalb salim and uh who actually will contribute to society who will not be criminals who will not be petty thieves who will not be psychopaths or right that that is a true contribution to society and everything that each of your children does inshallah as a result of your upbringing which was using your intelligence and your resources mashallah uh, by the will of allah of course everything is by the will of allah but everything that each child does for society then for the ummah that is also coming from you. You're the source of that. And Allah gives edge, right? Yani, whoever uh, guides someone to khair is like the doer of that khair, right? We have that hadith, right? right? Whoever guides someone to do something good or indicates, you know, you should do this, whatever, good thing, then it's like you are the person who also did it. So that's, you should think of it in that way. You are doing so much for society. You are contributing immensely more than had you been sitting behind a desk somewhere at a de desk, like a nine to five job, right? So think of it in that way and really uplift yourself and see the value that you're bringing, right? You have a lot that you're bringing to the table. Don't ignore it. Don't just put that on the side and just say, oh, I have no worth. You do, mashallah. You know, as a Muslim and as a woman and as a believer, may Allah give us all that self-esteem that we're looking for through Islam, grounded in the deen and in the worship of Allah. Ameen. MashaAllah, beautiful, beautiful words. Like I usually say from um to umma, right? From a mother, each one of you, regardless of how many children you have, one, two, four, six, you are raising a nation, you know? You are raising a nation from that generation. Maybe, you know, the scholars of Islam will come who will revive the deen, subhanAllah, right? Put that all into your children. I really love the, how you, you said it, mashallah. Jazakumullah khair, Um Khalid, for coming on board. It has been uh, an honor to host you in, in this podcast, mashallah. I have really enjoyed listening to your gems, mashallah. And uh, for those of you who are new, please stay in touch. You can follow Raising Young Scholars and Iram bin Fasafia. We're both active on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And Um Khalid is also has, uh, I've never seen you on Instagram, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to use it myself. I have. No, I don't have Instagram, honestly. You don't have, right? I can barely, keep, <laughs> I don't have time. I can barely keep up with Facebook. People are like, oh, you should do Instagram. There's a lot of homeschooling moms on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm sure there are, but I literally, I just, I, we're talking about procrastinating and schedules. I'm like so overwhelmed. Just Facebook yes. is like my, the best I can do right now. Yes. Yes. Mashallah. She's also, yeah, she's, she's active on uh, Facebook. Mashallah. So for a sparkling of inspiring ideas on Islamic parenting and homeschooling, you can follow us. And she's also co-founder of Al-Asna Institute. So inshallah, go check it out. If you are thinking to homeschool, and what curriculum deciding you know at the crossroads inshallah go check that all out and remember you can send your questions via info at raising-scholars.com we will be answering uh, 
a specific question in each episode with a guest speaker, inshallah. We'll try to be, bring practical solutions to challenges Muslim women are facing while trying to raise strong Muslim children in today's world, children who don't want to compromise their identity as a Muslim, right? Inshallah. So if you have a specific question, a challenge, you know, if you are in... in uh, uh, in a situation that you are confused, bewildered, send your questions and we will try to bring practical solutions, inshallah. And if you are listening to today's podcast and found it useful, please share it with your friends and family, somebody out there. It may help them to make the right choice, to make the right decision. It may help them to overcome their depression or procrastination or, you know, uh, mental instability, whatever it is, inshallah. So please share the khair and send it over to your friends and family and with that um Khalid, would you like just to say the da'a and uh, finish off inshallah <laughs> uh, okay don't put me on the spot or anything <laughs> uh, i was very blessed to be here and very happy to talk to you guys uh, I was just saying that I asked Allahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik inshallah we look forward to connecting with you in episode 4 and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh